Hello, Brisbane. Find the location of where the treasure of Brisbane is hidden, mate. When I arrived, they advised I needed some 4X. Hello, and welcome to Unpacking Brisbane. And today, Henry, some meddling kids have entertained us for 86 minutes. And you would have gotten away with not doing this episode too if it wasn't for this meddling kid and the meddling Unpakistanis who voted overwhelmingly, demanding a Scooby-Doo special. The messages we received, the votes of confidence we mm. have from the people. The Unpakistanis. And I, I hate to lose, but I was emboldened by how many people wanted to reach out and get their voices heard. Mm. And as you said on the Instagram story, Henry, I'm nothing if not a sucker for democracy. So we watched it. I, uh, uh, we rented it for $5 in HD on Google Play because I didn't think we needed to spend $20 to buy a copy of it forever. I actually have it on VHS at home and I'm thinking I potentially have it on DVD as well. So oh, uh, we had, but isn't it annoying? You pointed this out. Mate, just like this happens all the time. I feel like streaming services have every movie in the world except the one you want to watch at a given Absolutely. moment. Absolutely. They do you, you pay for three or four? Yeah, legit. I pay for Prime, Stan, Netflix, Foxtel, and KO. Now, admittedly, I didn't think KO was going to have Scooby Doo, although you know <laughs> some great, some great action moments in there that you know it makes sense alongside of State of Origin game and a tennis replay. It's as much a sport as BMX. It's, it's, a, it's a sporting film. But yeah, Henry. Um, so what's this episode going to entail? This is the special. This is the first time we've ever sort of done a movie thing. Yeah. The two blokes who have a podcast and love movies. Yeah. It's pretty rare that we haven't done this yet, actually. Yeah. Listen. Obviously, I think this came up on an episode a few weeks ago where we were pissing about made a sort of drunken promise into the microphones that we are now delivering on we're giving you the scooby-doo special that was promised um there's a compromise joe didn't want to do this he'd never seen scooby-doo no. we've just watched it and i, I still think it's a it's an awful movie I'm, well, we'll I'm not get to overwhelmingly your... happy i saw we're it we're gonna get to your review we're gonna... i don't feel like my childhood was stolen by any stretch in not seeing it okay controversial, um, but... but what my childhood was given henry was the blessings of a very cheeky detective with a number of gadgets yeah so the compromise option as uh i think it was isabel or isabella um a keen friend of the show uh and, and pakistani she she reached out and said if you're doing a scooby-doo special uh, you got to do an Inspector Gadget 2 special. Yeah. So Specifically Joe, the second. Yes, because that was the one filmed in Brisbane. I yeah. don't think the first was. Second Inspector Gadget movie, filmed in Brisbane, fuck loads of South Bank in it. Apparently heaps of UQ as well. He, apparently, a bit of Pete Hoy in the background. Yeah. You know, is Drew the real Inspector Gadget? Says, mm. uh, probably says a boring Facebook article like a week from now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're gonna we'll, we'll give Joe his due. He sat down with me tonight. We ate way too much of that delicious caramel. Oh, it's fantastic! Got on special at Coles at the moment. Two dollars fifty for a block. Mm, Cadbury, if you want to sponsor us, I would be gobsmacked. That would be absolutely. My gob would be stopped. Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, so <laughs> we are gonna we are gonna just get into it now. We, we have to say this. We're doing this. We're going to talk about Joe's thoughts on the movie. We're going to go through the Wikipedia and the history of it being filmed in Brisbane and Queensland. We'll ask, does Scooby-Doo fuck? But we're going to get into something at the end. Now, this is something that people very close to me in my life know about. Mm. My family know about it because it was quite a trying period of my life. And I've told some close friends who have all had the same shocked, gobsmacked reaction. 
There's a sort of undercurrent of hatred and frustration that accompanies that reaction, but also a relief that uh, I wasn't around for that period in your life. So when, Henry Henry battled yeah. with some difficult stuff. Well, we'll get to that. We will reveal all after we get through the. And that's of the part episode. of the reason we're going on hiatus is to give you some more time to yeah. deal with these emotions that may be bubbling up. And also, guys, we're not fucking around. There's a genuine part of my life, a personal reason that. We wanted to do this Scooby-Doo special. So, that is coming up. Uh, but before, very quickly, we dive into Wikipedia. Joe, you stumbled accidentally across something that we found very, very funny minutes ago. So, uh, Scooby-Doo, the song Sca- Shaggy, Where Are You? Performed by Shaggy. Shaggy. The artist who did. I think the song is called Where Are You? It's a rap kind of yeah. Caribbean hip-hop uh it's a great song, actually. It's of, one of the best parts of the movie. Yeah, it's the remix that they play in the end credits of the movie of the Scooby-Doo theme song, the iconic Scooby-Doo-Doo, where are you? Yeah. Da, 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 da. Um, but yeah, so it was so Shaggy, the artist in 2002, of, who it wasn't me, and I'm sure some other hits, but big, you know, wasn't me. Yeah, lying on the sofa, wasn't me. Wasn't me. So I was also looking, very in the tone of Scooby Doo. Oh, 100. So many you know, suspects saying yeah. it wasn't me. Well, then, also the, the artist's name Shaggy alone sort of uh, gives it the link. That also. That's uh, probably <laughs> That's probably a bigger probably a part bigger of it than the idea of being suspicious <laughs> as a current throughout pop music and Scooby Doo. The Venn diagram yeah. that connects the rapper Shaggy and the Scooby Doo universe are filled with words. <laughs> but Henry, I went on Shaggy's Wikipedia page and I made a discovery that definitely doesn't get talked about enough. Mm. Shaggy, silly, fun pop artist from the Caribbean, was a Lance Corporal in the United States Marine Corps and served in the Gulf War on two consecutive active tours of duty. <laughs> thought I should in Iraqis. It wasn't, wasn't me. me. Thought I shot at a civilian. It, it wasn't, wasn't me. me. Thought I bombed a wedding. It, it wasn't, wasn't me. me. I got my tank caught over. <laughs> it wasn't me. So it would have been interesting to talk to some other Marine guys who, you know, were in the trenches with Shaggy. Going, <laughs> going on to see your mate be a massive pop star. Doesn't his medals on stage it's annoying no but no it's almost the inverse of stolen valor like he's keeping it to himself and he doesn't talk about his time in the gulf war well he was given the purple heart for his music yeah bravery for his tours of duty of australia hello boondle this is it wasn't me (laughs) couldn't name you another shaggy song surprised shaggy doesn't go with from the call of duty to the call of booty that'd be good let's talk about the other shaggy yeah let's talk about the so, uh, let's do general impressions of Scooby-Doo. Okay. Probably, I think it was uh, a really bad film. Hell of a lot better than I expected it to be, admittedly. Okay. I think an important part of it, Henry, and we'll probably talk about more with the Wikipedia page, but on the tiny bit of research I did, it was clearly originally meant to be quite a different film. Mm, we're going to get into that because there's a lot of... I, I did text Joe today. Obviously, I was like... We're taking the piss. We'll probably have a few beers, do a bit of a Scooby-Doo special, yeah. whatever. Uh, there's some genuinely interesting background to this movie and the production, yeah. um, which is very well covered in the Wikipedia. Wikipedia with Wikipedia. Scooby-Doo, also known as Scooby-Doo the movie, is a 2002 American live-action forward-slash-computer-animated supernatural adventure comedy film based on the long-running Hanna-Barbera animated television franchise of the same name. 
just for anyone who tuned into this Brisbane history podcast, uh, <laughs> it's maybe not across Scooby Doo. Also, I'm glad they threw in computer animated because it has some of the worst looking graphics you will ever see. Guys, you want to see what bad CGI looks like? Go back Scooby Doo. Like Jurassic Park had come out eight years yeah. earlier and convinced me dinosaurs were real. This well, couldn't Star convince Wars me. Had come out yeah. 40 years earlier. This couldn't convince me that a Marmaduke could walk on hind legs <laughs> and dress as a woman. Well, I didn't know there was CGI until. I read that article I thought it was all live I thought it was all live puppets Yeah we were actually uh, Our housemate Jack Came back in Just towards the end of the movie During like a funny End credit scene And just goes to me Completely earnestly Now really interesting thing Joe This next shot Wasn't CGI And it cuts to Some of the most fake shit I've ever seen On a cinema screen So I guess if your audience Is kids You can cut a couple of corners Yeah you can uh, Muck around with computers Mm. The first instalment In the Scooby-Doo Live action film series The film was directed By Raja Gosnell From a screenplay By James Gun and stars Freddie Prinze Jr., Sarah Michelle Gellar of uh, Buffy the Vampire fame, mm. Matthew Lillard from Scream, Linda Cardellini, and Rowan Atkinson, which yeah. we'll get into. So the plot basically revolves around Mystery Inc., which is a group of four young adults and a dog who solve mysteries. <laughs> I love They, sort I of, love they, they say it was such a serious <laughs> time. Now, the, the movie centres on this experience of this dog who, along with some young people, solves mysteries. I love the idea that someone is like, well, I've never heard of or seen Scooby-Doo, but I do like reading Wikipedia. I'll just fill myself in. <laughs> oh, yeah, four young people and a, a dog. Dog. Well, uh, no need to watch that film. That's, that's the least exciting way to describe the movie. Yeah. They don't even mention the dog talks. Yeah, true. Um, with, a, with a crippling speech impediment, but oh, yeah. we'll come to. But uh, So they reunite Mystery Inc. after a two-year disbandment to investigate a mystery on a popular horror resort. Now, this is where the Brisbane link comes in, guys. Big Brisbane link. The film was shot on location in and around Queensland, Australia. We're talking jobs. We're talking inserting money into the local economy. Jobs and growth. We're talking tourism. That's all things that this dog brought to us. 100%. He solved the mystery... Of, of the boom and bust economics. Recession. Mm. Bloody 2002 Australia. Middle Australia was economically we're looking doing fantastic right. in 2002. John, Good Howard years. I don't think John Howard gives enough credit to Scooby-Doo for his economy. No. Oh, Peter Costello. Oh, oh deregulation. Oh, blah, blah, blah. I'll tell you what, get a Scooby-Doo movie on your shores. You're going to be absolutely fine. I'm going to start calling that period of Australian economic politics... The Scooby surplus. Mm. <laughs> or you know how, um, you know the idea of voodoo economics, like yeah. the Reaganomic thing? Scoob-doo economics. Scoob-doo economics. That's when your economy's Excellent. flying. <laughs> <laughs> so Scoob-doo economics. Cheers, look at that. Economists amongst us. They so were the s- film shot in Queensland. So production started on February 12, 2001, notably pre-9-11, which definitely was reflected in the airport scene where people were just mucking around in the Brisbane airport, drinking on the plane. And also where the flight... Ticket checkers at the gate Were dressed in like Tiki outfits Mm. Like you don't get to dress To reflect where you're going Like if you catch a flight To like Russia in winter They're not dressed In massive coats Yeah you're right You're just dressed For your job Japan airlines aren't in Yeah they're not like Geisha outfits I mean Mm. that'd be problematic For another reason Mm. It's like gee This flight to Jamaica Has got a lot of black (laughs) (laughs) The Gold Coast airport Um so, yeah, they shot it at Warner Brothers Movie World Theme Park. They had over 400 cast and crew that also took over Tangalooma Island Resort, which is on uh, Morton Island. Mate, look at this. 400 cast and crew took over the island for six weeks to film all the scenes set on Spooky Island. It sounds like a fucking ball. That would have been so much fun. You know how they talk about um, like Heart of Darkness is better than Apocalypse Now? Mm. I would have loved to see a documentary about the experience of people who lived on Tangaluma for six weeks living and breathing Scooby-Doo. Fart of and Darkness. Like, yeah. And there's literally like 
four or five famous people who are involved in this film. Like, it is, oh, yeah. it is so clearly top-heavy because that random voodoo guy who seems to be, like, <laughs> its sixth biggest character is an absolute no-name. Yeah. So, imagine just being, like, mildly successful, a couple of TV pilots that went nowhere, <laughs> theatre actor. Oh, six weeks on Tangaluma. Fucking new beauty. It's well, like NRL Island. Mate, better. it's unreal. And I visited Tangaluma for um, a young bloke's birthday party. I mean, I was young too. I didn't just like, go along. <laughs> Makes to, like, sound some year like some, old, some old puppy. Yeah, I went to this young bloke's party and I uh, took a couple of Hungry Jack's meals. Uh, for the kids later on yeah, It was a young pup's party I took them all to Tangalooma And nobody asks any questions Moving yeah. on A couple of them had a couple of smokes between them That's fine A couple of coughs on the way back Nothing a bit of Vicks Vapor Rub Comfix I think a cigarette between them A bunch of year four kids And a podcast <laughs> host Is really something that uh, Pretty bonding The dads yeah. love it it's, some, it's character building isn't it So you're at this young pup's party well, it was just a, it was quite a good idea for a birthday party. It was just like a day at Tangaluma and his yeah. parents were there. Um, the ter- Terrace used to do like a day camp there. Mm. You're right. Bit of, bit of bonding and stuff. Did you, did you talk about Scooby-Doo and the fact that it was filmed there? Well, no, I was in year eight and I'd never seen it. So I was, mm. I was probably blocking. That's maybe why I wasn't very popular in year eight. I refused to engage in <laughs> do discourse on the ferry over to Tangaluma. I don't want any All part cool of this. All the kids are like, what's your favourite scene? Here's where it was filmed. Hey, Dwyer, <laughs> got any highlights? And you were like, hmm, I don't know. I don't know, Read a book and they're like, shove him into the reef. You guys, ins- <laughs> you guys bleach him. <laughs> Kill him. Kill him. And they're all like, shaggy, shaggy. And then, I don't know. And they're like, take your pants off. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. You know this movie more than I do, Henry. I'd hope I don't know how could've... kids bullied you. On the well, they certainly didn't ways. yell Shaggy and try to take my pants off. I don't know that. Just to, so we can clear that out. Bullies are weird. Yeah, bullies are weird. If you bully Joe, get in touch and yeah, say... Let us know it, exactly can... how you did it. Because maybe Joe's embarrassed that people yelled Shaggy, I'm Shaggy. just here like, that's fucking weird how much Henry's nailed that <laughs> in the mind of a bully. So basically, yeah. Um, and it's filmed bit... entirely on location as well. Filmed all there. So, I mean... At the time, I mean, now, you know, there's been Inspector Gadget too, and I guess some of the the Thor movies now have uh, have found their way into being in Brisbane. There's been a bit more production that kind of happens at Movie World, but and then obviously Pirates of the Caribbean Five got a bit of a run, but I th- and there was a Narnia movie. But I think at the time, 2001, Queensland and Movie World, Hollywood on the Gold Coast, mm. um, nailing securing a big Hollywood movie like this. It was probably a pretty big that's deal a very big for deal. the local film industry. I think that's a really big deal. Mm. And, uh, I think, I wonder whether that sort of set the tone for the rest of the industry that like, mm. I don't hear about a lot of movies shot in like WA or like South Australia. Like if you're going to shoot a movie in Australia, it really does seem to be the Queensland coast, mm. which I love. Which I love. Queensland. Um, and I'll tell you who else loved it was Matt Foley. Mm. Uh, Scooby-Doo was filmed entirely on location in Queensland, Australia with the support and assistance of the Queensland State Government's Specific Film and Television Commission. Queensland's Minister for the Arts, Mr. Matt Foley, said that he was delighted to welcome the Scooby-Doo cast and crew to Queensland. I love this quote. The production team couldn't have picked a better place to shoot this feature, Mr. Foley said. The Gold Coast region of Queensland is vibrant, (laughs) friendly, and full of colourful characters, just like the original Scooby-Doo series. So Matt Foley's gone to Gold Coast once or twice. He's like, oh, yeah, there's a talking dog and teenagers that don't go to school and solve mysteries. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think tonally the Gold Coast is exactly where we need to build the idea of like Because a, there are colourful characters. Like a boring civil servant. Just, um, yeah, we've moved the budget meeting up from 11 to 11.30. And um, you want to talk to employment about, um, oh, hey, guys, a couple of colourful characters in here, just like the Gold Coast. Who's doing the Scooby-Doo development plan approval? <laughs> I just love the idea of having like we've all met people who work in government in Queensland. Joe, yourself, you have worked in I government in Queensland. I was a public servant. 
I love the idea that it was a few people's job and at some point they were probably pretty stressed being like, um, yeah, we don't have enough budget to accommodate for the Scooby-Doo body doubles who will be uh, managing <laughs> the CGI, uh, who will be wearing the CGI dog suit uh, covered in small ping pong balls in order to film that bit. And like that, would, that, was some, some, that was an email chain. Someone, someone had to send an email about Sarah Michelle get Jella's like high-heeled boots that she wears in every scene <laughs> and the trip and fall risk on Tangaluma. And obviously yeah. the government can't be held liable for any injuries sustained, <laughs> but that doesn't mean we care any less about Mrs. Michelle Jella's prospects of injury. We couldn't help but notice that these spooky island zombie characters <laughs> are defying many aspects of Queensland health and safety law. We're going to have to uh, look into that. If you could come have back to, to, to me, my CO, Bean about that. <laughs> if we could get back on Rowan Atkinson's costume change by COB <laughs> Thursday. Um, and nice to e meet you, by the way. I'm not sure I said that at the beginning. I love that our taxes paid for that, Henry. At age two. The Scooby-Doo Spooky Coaster, a ride based on the film, was built in Warner Brothers Movie World in Gold Coast. That came out in 2003. Now, I'll say this. It's not that much of an achievement to have a ride built after your film when you ham-fistedly shove one into the plot of the movie. Now, there is a scene where literally Mystery Inc., all kind of trying to solve the fucking mystery on Spooky Island, go, it's quite early in the movie. They get stuck. I was going to say, it's like 20 minutes into the film. Yeah, they get stuck. Such a fast-paced movie. It's insane. They and they, and they get stuck inside the ride that has been like malfunctioned or whatever, and then suddenly it's turned on, and they all get stuck on the carriage of the ride, and they're there. Like it's not like parts of the Caribbean where it started as a ride and they built a yeah. plot outwards, which you can or, have your or like own the Superman with. escape where it's like, yeah, canonically he flies. So interesting to have a very fast flying ride. Like <laughs> this was just like. They filmed it yeah. at a theme park. The plot is set at a theme park. They made a ride from the ride that they got stuck in in the yeah. theme park in the they movie. They didn't even translate part of the movie into being a ride. Like, it's just that no, the no, ride no. in the movie is the <laughs> ride there. Yeah. Next question. The work was done for them. Don't ask. <laughs> Assume you haven't been on the ride. No. Well, I hate rides. I'm very scared of rides. Have you been to Movie World? Uh, yeah, like once or twice, but I didn't do much because I hate rides. Mm. So I just sort of stand around all day. Love Wet n Wild. So Go why doesn't that for- scare you? Um, I trust mechanical things way less uh, uh, whereas water, I can't really at this point in time considering some of the reports that have come yeah. out about a tragedy in our state push back about you about being scared of the yeah. mechanics of rides because particularly like, like a water slide at the end of the day someone's figured out the physics of it and gone okay gravity will take you back down to earth and you're on a slide with water yeah the like, worst you can't get from that, that is like yeah like some like scratches from yeah. like being in contact with the or like a bit of world. whiplash but like mm. I feel if a screw falls loose off even like a Scooby-Doo ride I could be in serious trouble where yeah. it's like water point A to point B and you go on some water while you're doing it I will say this in your defence and I love the Scooby-Doo ride I've been on yeah. it many many times um, it looks cool as shit I always thought yeah. the advertising was fantastic it's sort of like is it still on? yeah bro it's on. what? No, I think it's still... Go- oh, not like right now, I don't think. But- no, no, but like two years ago. Oh, bro, I'm pretty sure despite the fact that Scooby-Doo is like arguably moved out of the like 18 lexicon. Years, yeah. Is, it is still going. It, well, it's still... It's, a, it's an iconic brand. That's true. I don't think Scooby... Like, yeah, like kids, I, Has anyone got kids? Like, I, I don't know. Someone who's kids never, still into fucking Scooby-Doo? I'm someone who's never seen a Scooby-Doo cartoon or the movie. Mm. I'm keenly aware of who they are and sort of what they do. Oh, 100%. It's, it's a cultural phenomenon. Like, if I was to go... To a child right now of like five or six and say, G'day, Timmy. How about Scooby Doo? Would that kid be like, Yeah! yeah or would that kid be like, say. Fuck off, pedophile! Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is this, uh, is this one of the kids' birthdays that you've attended on Tangaluma? <laughs> yeah, Who's one. that old guy wearing jeans in summer rocking up on Tangaluma <laughs> going, 
Hey, you kids ever heard of Scooby-Doo? Yeah, no, Scooby-Doo. You want to hear my Scrappy-Doo voice, kids? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen up, little mutt. You don't look too shaggy in that T-shirt, mm. Timmy. That's a joke. But um, no, so, Henry, the, the Wikipedia page gave us great insight into what the film was originally meant to be. Mm. And the impression I get, uh, it says the film was originally meant to have a darker tone and meant to poke a bit of fun at Scooby-Doo rather than being, you know, for kids. Mm. Uh, James Gunn, the writer, subsequently went on to write Guardians of the Galaxy. Incredibly successful. Uh, very successful. Hollywood also vaguely cancelled, like... Yeah, back and again? forth uh, like just crook jokes in 2013 I don't know I don't have a take on it because I haven't read enough but it was meant to be like this R-rated dark comedy I think for people who grew up on Scooby-Doo but now you know 25, 30 want to mm. see a sort of raunchy R-rated take on this now this is American R so like our yeah. MA yeah um Obviously, the film didn't end up like that in the slightest. Not at all. But, you know, Shaggy meant to be a stoner and many marijuana references, which, like, fucking clear as day. I mean, the fact that Isla Fisher's character is named Mary Jane isn't really the nudge-nudge-wink-wink they think it is. No. And it's pretty fucked. Like, so, essentially, someone's, like, gone to Warner Brothers and these guys have all been like, oh, yeah, popular animated series... Let's pitch this to them as an R-rated movie where it's basically a parody of the original thing. And then the, and the studio were like, well, well, no, absolutely not. We're not doing that. We're going to make it a kid's movie like it was intended to be, yeah. you fucking idiots. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, true. Oh, that kind of makes sense. But, but they haven't. They've, it's, it's sort of like when you read an assignment and you're like, <laughs> oh, they clearly realised the question was about something else, had already written an essay, so have made like the minimum amount of effort yeah. of editing it to make it sound like, it's like this movie reeks with the R-rated comedy they wanted it to be. The Island, no one's wearing many clothes. No. It's clearly meant to be some sort of like American pie-esque well, sexual cause, cause Shaggy, rendezvous on this Shaggy island. Shaggy gets given Isla Fisher as a love interest. Velma gets that random guy who doesn't get a line of dialogue until the last scene mm. but hangs around yeah. there's all the Fred and Daphne attention yeah it just so clearly has the time and particularly in the middle part of the movie there are some shocking edits where it's so clear a scene was meant to happen <laughs> and now I, su- I support this film I support Henry this film. likes the movie but you've got the, to admit the, like the, the middle third is in the middle third. fucking yeah. mess yeah great start great finish it's quite clear what the plot is by the end of the film but in the middle if you'd stopped it I would have gone I actually don't know what the fuck's going on in and this the, movie there's just obvious points where they've tried to make it a kid movie and then, but it was clearly written to be something else. Like, there's just these bits where, yeah, as you mentioned, Velma's at the bar and there's like roofie jokes in this. Yeah. Like, there's like, oh, someone spiked my drink and then she's like falling all over also, this dude and doesn't remember what happened. The drink doesn't seem to have any impact on getting kidnapped by the monsters because it's not like Fred gets spiked. No. She just has a drink, gets spiked, talks to this guy, and then the plot moves on. I mean,. We're getting ahead of ourselves now, but not to mention the fact that there is, like, so much sexual energy in the bit where um, their souls get sucked out of their body, they all end up in different bodies, (laughs) and Fred is just openly looking down the top of the girls whose bodies he's possessing at certain points. And Shaggy. They're all just being like... uh, I mean, Fred has the line... I get to look at myself naked. Yeah, and then, and then Daphne body. delivers the line to Fred uh, in Daphne's body of, hey, stop touching myself. Like, yeah. it's just so clearly this rampant horny energy on Tangaluma <laughs> that someone in the middle of production was like, oh my God, fucking rein it in a bit. This is for kids. Scooby-Doo is the horniest kids movie I've ever seen. Yeah. It is so Which, horny. And, and For a cartoon series that I don't feel ever gave off a horny energy whatsoever. Nothing horny like, about they the are animated like series. High schoolers. Not even a wink at sexuality. It was just literally them going <laughs> 
running around solving little mysteries, pulling off masks of old people. Th- this thing's out of hand. It's obvious that Sarah Michelle Jello, who plays Daphne, who obviously was already a bit desired in the like the, in, the hot one, she was Buffy the, the Vampire yeah. Slayer, and they were like her monster hunting credentials. She slayed vampires. She can probably handle monsters and zombies and right. freaks and bears. Oh my! Yeah, and she. She's just so dressed for the dads. Yeah. As a kid's movie where they knew it was going to be event cinemas, Carindale, taking the kids take along. Like, and you probably have to take some of your kids' friends as well. I reckon every parent oh. who went to this movie had to take and you've at got least glad five bags with like lollies in them, but yeah. the only lolly like in there was nuts. teeth. Yeah. 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 It's like scrogging. teeth, milk bars, and yeah. fucking, yeah. And you're like, oh, well. My it- parents were big on scrogging and it fucking sucked. Yeah. It's like, I'm spending 120 bucks on tickets for you <laughs> and your 11 friends here. Oh, we're not paying I for I want to see a bit of Sarah Michelle Jello cleavage. All I want is Sarah Michelle Jello while I'm eating a pine nut. <laughs> Well, speaking to that, Henry, we found uh, the fact that apparently Velma and Daphne were meant to have an on-screen kiss. Yeah, so this is fucked. According to Sherman Chilgella, after the cast had signed on, there was a change and the film became more friendly, fam- family-friendly, though some of the original adult jokes are still in the film. Sarah Michelle Jello has later come out and said that her and Velma's character shared an on-screen kiss that did not make the final film. It wasn't just, like, for fun, she said, um, explaining that it took place in the body-switching scene. Initially in the soul-swapping scene, Velma and Daphne couldn't seem to get their souls back together in the woods. And so they say... And so the way they found was to kiss, and the souls went back into proper alignment. So there was a lesbian so it was a kiss part between of the Daphne and Velma yeah. that was in the plot. Well, also, the Fuck. original, like, the current writer or whatever of the Scooby-Doo cartoons has said Velma is canonically a lesbian. Mm-mm. And James Gunn... Wait, is that true? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, three months ago. Velma is... And apparently Linda... Oh, Linda Tortellini or whatever, who played Velma, mm. came out and said, like, oh, no, I, I always played Velma in that way because based on conversations we had, she had with James Gunn, that's the way she was meant to be played. Yeah. They would have gone to the first cut of the movie and be like, well, they went with absolutely fucking none of that. It was weird how Velma owned a German shepherd and lived yeah. in Tenerife, though. <laughs> so was like, that made, she, the lesbian thing did come yeah, through. Yeah, Portia de Rossi's guest appearance was fantastic. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, essentially it was an R-rated so, yeah, movie. Uh, that, that that's, they, that's, that's, and I think... A lot of the issues I have with the movie that we'll get to in a, uh, you know, pretty soon boils down to it's so clearly meant to be a different type of movie yeah. than what it ends up. In 2017, the 15th anniversary of the release of the film, fine, James Gunn, the screenwriter, revealed in a Facebook post that there was an R-rated cut of Scooby-Doo and that CGI was used to remove cleavage of the female cast members. Um, I don't like. You can skip. Seems- I'm going to read. The, I'm going to read the whole Facebook post from James Gunn. I'll I'll skip through it as I go. But he kind of this is what he said. He goes. His post it's goes, quite, a, quite a wordy post. I think use your editor's knife. I'll do it to best effect, Henry. It goes memories of Scooby Doo the movie. Incredible. It opens with just the word incredible. Full stop. Fifteen years ago today, Scooby Doo the movie opened. For those of you who don't know, I wrote the screenplay for the film, and it was my first studio film. Da 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 da. I loved the character of Scooby Doo since I was a kid, and I was excited at the prospect of making a live action film. Uh, it was not exactly what we planned out. I had written an edgier film geared towards older kids and adults, and the studio ended up, ended up pushing it into a clean-cut children's film. And yes, the rumours are true. The first cut was rated R, and the female star's cleavage was CGI'd away as not to, so as to not offend. But, you know, such is life. Yeah. Happened to the best of us, having our fi- our children's film edited for cleavage yeah. reasons. Yeah, that classic thing that happens to you when you go to Surfers Paradise for the first time. This is weird. Yeah, I had a lot of fun making this movie, 
And I was able to eat, buy a car and a house because of it. So, just like bragging that he got paid to make Admittedly, Scooby-Doo. Admittedly, the movie made an insane amount of money. Like, yeah. it got critically, utterly shit canned, but I think it made its budget back six times over. His quick bit here yeah. does point to the fact of what we were saying of this movie was essentially just schoolies at Tangaluma for celebrities. He goes, we shot in Australia. My favourite memory, Freddie Prinze Jr. and Shara Michelle Gellar had rented an enormous, mostly unfurnished house out on Shara, the ocean. Shara, Shara Michelle Gellar. <laughs> the cast, a few members of the crew, and I had massive games of Nerf gun tag throughout the house, trying to kill each other for hours. Truly some of the most fun I've ever had. Sounds so much fun. It sounds like a lot of also, fun. I bet they did other shit that wasn't Nerf guns. No, I, I, really, did, I don't know, Coke? I reckon they did Coke, had a lot to drink at their mostly unfurnished house like on surface. Make it a kid's movie. Bit yeah, like. I don't know. Fuck it, we played uh, Nerf guns. Kids yeah, love yeah, that shit. Yeah, 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 yeah man. Um, da, 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 da. And then he goes, he made some very close friends along the way. Um, and then dig, 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 dig. He remembers... I remember being bummed out that the reviews were pretty terrible. These days, I might glance at the occasional review, review, but back then, I read every single one. I also read everything written about the movie online by, like, anybody, including bulletin board folks. Da-da-da-da-da. He goes... Interesting thing about the... uh, It's Friday opening here, Henry. Oh, yeah. What does it say? It says that uh, 5.30 Saturday morning on the opening weekend, he gets a call from the head of production, wakes him up, tells him they made $18 million the Friday before. It was the biggest June opening in American theatrical history. (laughs) So imagine being a, you know, all you are, you're a little screenwriter, you play with your Nerf guns with Sarah Michelle, Michelle, (laughs) (laughs) and you have the biggest June opening of all time. That's summer in America as well. That's absolutely fucking huge. And he got offered every movie you can imagine, like the Jabberjaw movie, the Jetsons movie, Captain Caveman movie. Oh, I don't know what the fuck. Who's Captain Caveman? <laughs> Two thirds of these sound made up. He was offered Jabba-Jool. tons of money to do those. So I raised my morning cafe a latte to toast Scooby-Doo. Thanks for the memories, pal. There you go. So James Gunn actually. And, now, and then he went on to write and direct Guardians of the Galaxy. So it did lead a... And a bit of romance. Let's oh, talk yeah. about romance for a second. Show me show journal. And Freddie Prinze Jr. Schmeschmella, who played Daphne, and Freddie Prinze Jr., who played Fred. They were romantically involved in the film and then married shortly after the film was released. Nice. So they, um, so I guess that rampant erotic energy that runs all throughout Scooby-Doo mm. finally paid off. They got married in real life. Are they still together? Uh, oh, I mean, I couldn't I have issues. So celebrities don't get divorced. No. Um, now, another bit of romance on set. We received a message from a friend of the show and a keen un-Pakistani who we won't name for reasons that are about to become apparent, but she just sends us a simple message that goes, my boss was an extra on this film in his teens and he had a thing with Sarah Michelle Jella's stand-in. Ah. So, like, her body double. So, like, going off the body. Fantastic body pull. double to have a, yeah. He said, and then I said, I messaged this un-Pakistani today and said, tell me everything about this. And she goes, I don't really have much more to tell. He said she's in the plane scene, but struggled to catch a glimpse. He's a company director now and doubts his wife would be very impressed with him recounting tales of when he, quote, closely enough fucked Shara Michelle Gellar. <laughs> Weird to say when you fuck someone who looks like a celebrity that you were yeah, close enough, enough to yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. the celebrity themselves. Because you couldn't be further away from actually fucking this. I mean, a body double, yeah, like on set. This That's is a, a woman. Just, this is be a like, woman whose job is to, to look, look as like, close to Shmir yeah, again as possible. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, you know. like if I fucked Lord's body double I'd say I fucked Lord Yeah, yeah. I mean she doesn't need a body double She's a musician 
I'd be gutted if I like went to her show and just like, and now my body double. <laughs> Who I would stand sing behind the stage and sing like singing it's in like, the rain. Well, we'll never do royals. And you're like, uh, oh, I don't know. We got the body doubles. I'm waiting for that red light. Shit. <laughs> Close try. But that's very good from James Gunn. Now, Henry, there's a bit of interesting stuff here about uh, who was originally cast in the film and a couple of people originally attacked. Yeah, this is big. Uh, so Jim Carrey was originally attached to play Shaggy. Mike Myers expressed interest <laughs> in the role. And they went with Matthew Lillard. <laughs> who nails it. Who genuinely does it. Oh, Jim Carrey would have overpowered that film. I think he's the only person who does a good job. Yeah. I can't see another. I mean, like. You can't be too stupid with it because it can't seem like you're trying too hard. I think mm. a Jim Carrey or Mike Myers would have tried to be a bit clever about it. Jim Carrey was too obviously far. I can't imagine like fucking... Also, Jim Carrey Mike wasn't Myers young in 2002. Mike, no. was Mike Myers. That, these two actors were already big. I'm pretty sure Mike Myers had Austin Powers come out that yeah. same year. Powers was like 99 or something. Imagine if he turned down Austin Powers <laughs> to do that he wrote and just put that aside Scooby and did Scooby-Doo instead. Just <laughs> oh, played Shaggy. It. But I think the best, Henry, can you tell us about the best person to turn down this movie and the reason why? Tim Curry, yeah. who we all know as uh, Frankenfurter Frank from It in the uh, original TV series. Yeah, he's also Pennywise. in Psych yep. in season two, episode seven. Yep, where you probably mostly all know from. From American duos. So Tim Curry, uh, a lifelong Scooby-Doo fan, was offered the role of Mondavarius, which was the Later role played by eventually Rowan played by Rowan Atkinson. Which I have some thoughts about. Mm. But he turned it down after learning that the film would include Scrappy-Doo, a character he dislikes. <laughs> So Tim Curry was so committed to the ethos of what he believes Scooby-Doo was about. Also, Scrappy-Doo's in the movie for like six or seven minutes. Tim Curry, famous actor, playing one of the most iconic roles of all time in Frankenfurter, conscientiously objected to being in Scooby-Doo because he didn't like... Imagine making a career-based financial decision on the basis of Scrappy-Doo. I don't think it's right for Scrappy-Doo to be in this picture, and I will walk as a result. Fuck what I wouldn't give to see his face like he's reading Tim Curry, reading the first time. He's like, this is awesome. It's fantastic. Oh, what a great movie. What the fuck? Scrap it Pissing in the mystery van Out Out now So instead it went to Robin Atkinson um, And then He got it So as we mentioned earlier Before we get off the Wikipedia Wasn't well received Reception no. wasn't good um, Awful like, I think utterly R- Roger paired. Ebert Gave it one star Pretty sure it's got An average of like Two going across It's got 14% On Rotten Tomatoes Yeah it didn't go too well uh, Rightfully Roger Ebert Of the Chicago Sometimes Gave the film four, One out of four stars Stating that the film Exists in a closed universe And the rest of us Are aliens The internet was invented So that you can find Someone else's review Of Scooby-Doo Start surfing Which is us but I think the movie gets bad reviews, but the ride is beloved. Mm. So something good came out of it. The ride's great. You go backwards on it. There's a whole bit where the like the carriage on the tracks gets to the top of the hill, and then like turn- sure it didn't just like fuck up while you were on it. No, no, no. This is real. It's part of it. It like turns around. And then it's like, and then you go, oh, and that's quite, oh, that's and quite scary. Like, it's like laser force inside. Oh, yeah. And like a, it's like an indoor roller coaster. Do you get laser. to go through James Gunn's Nerf gun battles? You do, and be yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm shooting Sarah Michelle's. You, you go through the cleavage that was CGI'd out. <laughs> like, they obviously didn't tell the ride was being designed before that decision was made. But there are. Oh, and then we went on it once at a birthday party. And my mate. How many on, times have you been on it? Like hundreds. Oh, right. I went to movie on heaps. And there's like an animatronic Scooby Doo nice, at the end. Ivory like, Tower. Mm-hmm. Oh, and fun. then like turns and my mate like got a piece of gum and lobbed it 
and it landed on Scooby Doo's nose. And we went on the ride like six hours later. Still there? It was still there. Oh, that's pretty which awesome. We thought was pretty cool at the time. We should find out soon. Yeah. Do we, maybe for an Unpacking Brisbane special, we go. Yeah, we'll back go to that ride. Right. I mean, I might go on the ride. Just, I'll take your word for it. As we've, as we've learned as a society recently, the maintenance of these rides isn't top notch. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't at, be that surprised if it was still parks, there. So <laughs> it's probably still there. Um, all right. Well, good let's, Wikipedia patch. Yeah. Good history of a classic Brisbane production. Let's get into your thoughts on the movie you just watched, Scooby Doo. That's one part of the mystery solved. The creatures must need our bodies to survive in sunlight, like a human suit. So, I wrote down a couple of my quick impressions, Henry. Um, first thing I want to say, the sound is mixed so badly <laughs> to the point of I often couldn't hear the dialogue for the silly sound effects. Yeah. Uh, it makes me think, like, are there parts of it I'm not meant to hear? All my pet theory, maybe there's quite crude or raunchy lines of dialogue that they just mixed up the soundtrack on a bit. Yeah, I reckon because a few like kids, F-bombs and SH yeah. bombs might have been overcovered by a scream or a like, squelch. If I was a kid watching that at age four, I don't really need to hear the joke. It's, like the it's not a dialogue-driven film by any stretch. No. But I just found that really odd. Um, Rowan Atkinson delivers the most restrained, <laughs> understated performance of his career. He is mm. the silliest man in Hollywood. He is Bean. He is Johnny English. Yeah. And he is the calmest part of that film. And this isn't like a post-fame. This isn't like a twilight of his career. More like maybe a more sober, a more yeah. melancholic Rowan Atkinson. Like Johnny English came out in around a, the same time. A year time. before. This a is the peak before. of his Hollywood legend. And this is a role where he plays the villain in a Scooby-Doo movie. The camp is, villain. He is an eccentric owner of a scary theme park. He could have gone full bean on this. Instead, he decides <laughs> he to go, Scooby. Quite seriously. And he just plays it. Hello, yeah, Scooby. It's good to see you here. Yeah. And his great line of, hello, Scooby. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> just sort of so underplayed. But I love Ron Akins. I think he made a great choice. Yeah. But in a movie where everyone else is giving it everything, hmm. makes me wonder whether if Jim Carrey was in it, he would have really underplayed it too. Like a Truman Show-esque performance. Yeah. Well, we don't talk enough about that... Uh, Oscars were won for this no. movie. Supporting uh, actor roles. What's your favourite line in the movie, Henry? Because I know like I know what mine is my, for sure. My favourite is when they are at the bar yep. and there's a, f- a phone call comes through yep. and it goes, uh, okay, I'll ask for him. And he's like, is there a Mr. Do? And then some like tall guy at the back goes, Mervyn Do? And then he goes, nah, Scooby. And everyone's like, oh, that's red. And then... Later on, there's a great callback to that moment yeah. where, when Scrappy the, where Scrappy-Doo, yeah. as a villain, is like, where is Scooby-Doo? And then Scooby's like, mm, don't you mean Mervyn-Doo? And <laughs> cut back again to Mervyn-Doo. I'm fun. a big fan of Fred's uh, dorky chicks like you turn me on as well. That was pretty That's funny. a great. That's a good moment from Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> and again, sexual. Yeah. Again, just the eroticism of Scooby-Doo doesn't go talked about enough. You touched on this earlier, um, but it is so high concept. It is yeah. the most... For a movie that is clearly just there to sell to four-year-olds and sell a ride, it is so high concept, I struggle to know what was going on at times. Like, stealing souls to put into these things to then cast an arcane ritual over the earth. But apparently, they've half proceeded to invade the earth because there's a really random scene where they call the Coast Guard. Like, our friends have been kidnapped Send some some Coast Guards. Coast Guard guys, clearly villains, go, your friends have been kidnapped. Ha, 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 ha. Do an evil laugh, yeah. Never talked about again. Yeah, don't bring it back. Never touched on again. And as you mentioned... So the demons made it off the island. Well, yeah, as you mentioned, it was like the idea is that the demons can't survive in the sun, so they're constricted to the island. Yeah. But then, like, yeah, the Coast Guard are evil... 
so clearly, like, a government department has been infiltrated by these demons. Yeah. But then, yeah, never referred to again. Never referred to again. Maybe we're just meant comment to, on the evil of government. Yeah, maybe we're just meant to sit there and think bureaucracy is bad. Mm. One other thing, Henry, that was actually pointed out to us by Akeen and Pakistani yeah. is um, it is quite funny that, you know, Sc- uh, Scrappy-Doo is willing to take over the world for what he perceived as a small slight from the mystery gang. But to be fair, yeah. for... Pissing in a van And he's not a big dog He wouldn't have pissed that much It's a gland issue They kick him out On the side of a road With no food or water The nearest town Is about 11 kilometres away No it's and six miles it's Six not miles a sign. There was I'm a trying of, to convert the, the in my head The Maison Oh nice Yeah um, Yeah because uh, Keenan Pakistani Lachlan Lock Keenan Message men Did say The fact that Scro- Scoop <laughs> the Scrappy That Scrappy do Was left to die in the desert Without water for peeing Has always made me smile Yeah Now he get Maybe him and Tim Curry Could have a coffee one day and talk about their, talk about their issues objection. with the character of Scrappy Doo. Wouldn't that be funny? Just Lockie Coonan and Tim, Tim Curry, Curry. Getting, getting a coffee. Tim Curry has all the time in the world for very serious Scooby-Doo fans who don't believe in Scrappy Doo's He presence. flies in for it. <laughs> he turned down the Frankenfurter sequel. Uh, but yeah, Henry, my, my biggest takeaway is there is no amount of money in the world that would be too big for me to pay to see the R-rated version in this movie. I think it would be genuinely really funny because I loved the original Brady Bunch movie and that was meant to be like a parody of the Brady Bunch. It's mm. such a good idea. I just feel because this was targeted, you know, re-edited for four-year-olds, now seeing it age 20, it's so lost on me. You you admittedly, you were sitting there and you were like this. And yeah, it's dumb. A lot of stupid jokes. A lot of it hasn't aged that well. You did like the twist that Rowan Atkinson... Oh, that's a great twist. ...bursts open in yeah. an alien style and Scrappy-Doo has been controlling him as a robot. Yeah. Awesome twist. And then, as scary. Jack pointed out, the original Mad-Eye Moody when they find the real Rowan Atkinson mm. underneath somewhere. I love that. And I mean, I just think there's some scenes that were so clearly just put in because it's like know the kids were having eg the two minute fart battle is one of the worst moments of cinema to ever grace the screen <laughs> it was kind of funny uh, no it, it was like i think i, they were, I, I think would think they though. were making a comment on grotesque humor i don't think they were i think they were parodying they, uh, it, was, it was satire i, I think. don't think it was remotely satirical no, neither do I. because it has no bearing on the plot and it comes out of absolutely fucking nowhere it it's a dead set of cut scene and we're not exaggerating like it goes for it's so really long, long yeah just the two of them farting and burping and just like yeah. mucking around but gee, imagine if that was Mike Myers. Yeah, would have um, been seven minutes long. The other, yeah, the only other. There's one black guy in the cast. Yeah. All, in the whole thing, and all he ever does is they just walk to the beach and he goes, "Can you guys leave me alone? I'm trying to do my voodoo ritual." Again, another and thing. That's just everyone's like, "Okay." Has no it, bearing he never on comes the plot. Back into never it. comes back. We don't know what the voodoo is. He comes in in like the tenth minute of the movie to give us a hint that spooky shit may be going on. We're well aware it's called Spooky Island. Yeah. We yeah, know it's a Scooby Doo movie. <laughs> well, I mean that that kind of like on the nose element of it comes back to one of my favorite bits. Was one of the final lines from the movie is. Shaggy when they all go in to celebrate he just goes we solve mysteries man for any kid who fell asleep for the first hour and 16 minutes (laughs) awake for the last two Isla Fisher was good yeah she was great Mm. no you know what um I mean, no rush to watch it again, but I'm glad I've seen it. It's part of Queensland history, part of Brisbane history. And most importantly, Henry, it's part of your history. So, Henry, you have a deep, intimate connection with this film and the main character in particular. And I think it's something that our listeners deserve to hear about. Yeah. uh, Canvassed this at the beginning of the episode. So... My family will know this and some of my close friends. It's not it's not something that's easy to talk about, especially on a podcast, but I think the Unpakistanis deserve to know my story. Deserve to know why I wanted to do this special. And you've truth. been you've been battling this for some years and I'm 
above anything as a friend before a co-host, I'm proud that you've found the ability to, to get this out. Thanks, Matt. Uh, it's good that you're here. Thanks, and yeah. we've got some friends. But as a, as a, as a co-host, yeah. I've got to ask, mm. why'd you do it? I was in year... It, it was probably when I started school, and I didn't have... It's a tough time. It's a tough time. I didn't have heaps of friends. I was a pretty bizarre kid. Right now, you know, I'm very blessed with with great group of friends, but probably found it difficult. I was a pretty eccentric kid in school. And You're a little freak, Henry. Yeah. Let's tell it like it is. I was mutant. And I always, I always liked movies. You know, they were, assault, they were an escape. <laughs> they were an escape for me. And I'd escape into these films and sometimes when I'd come back to the real world, to school and books and handwriting and I couldn't read. I didn't learn to read till like halfway through year two. Really? Not out of just like being dumb. I think I just like didn't apply myself. And then all the kids in year two started talking about goosebumps. I was like, I probably should learn to read. I want to be part of this. But Jeez, that's... I went talk about that another time. That's fucked. So that's really late. I went to, um, yeah, I went to therapists and like... Doctors and stuff because they, oh, I almost had to repeat grade one because I like had real bad learning difficulties. So, and I wrote on one of those like sloped boards that they build because that was the problem. The fact that I couldn't, like, that I had like fucking ADHD and was running around like pissing my pants, and they're like, give him a pencil grip. That'll, yeah, give yeah, a, that'll, give that'll a squishy fix it. pencil grip. That'll yeah. help it. So, you're a little. So I'm a running pants around Pants pissing and I'm a pants pissing Pencil holder deprived I'm a pants pissing little Pencil <laughs> Freak Freak And then And you made matters worse for yourself Didn't you Well I'd go into these movies And I'd escape And I sometimes didn't want to come back So I chose not to uh, I My favourite film My favourite TV series being Scooby-Doo I loved Scooby-Doo And I, I loved that dog detective I loved his application I loved his zany antics so and was I'll, there was was there one part about him that you loved above all else? Um, probably just his his vigor. Mm. I'd say his his joie de vivre. His joie de vivre. Well, he didn't let it, He was the only dog in the gang, and sometimes yeah. I felt maybe like I was the only dog in the gang at school. Everyone else was a was a, a, a human normal man. developed kid, and, no, and yeah. you were something different. Oh, something else. Yeah. So I started speaking like Scooby Doo. This is kind of. Sort of circa the holidays between year one and two, and, and and do you mean just you know a couple of quotes of Scooby Doo? You know every kid quotes their favourite movie, Henry. That's fine. Nah, so like <laughs> I, I just kept doing it. Like I'd, I'd like watch the movie, and then I'd go up to my sisters, and I'd be like, I'd like I used to be better at it because you know my balls are dropped. But like there was like I think I wouldn't have guessed. I think like quite an accurate. At the time So I would like Keep doing it And my sister would be like Oh my god He sounds like Scooby Doo So it got a, it got a good I reaction doing Initially I like loved doing impressions So I like Piloted this at school And it got a great reaction And everyone was like Oh Henry can speak like Scooby Doo So he can't read But he can speak like Scooby Doo that, that was your asset Sort of my thing So I'd like go around In the playground And I'd walk around On four legs Like in the playground At school Just like people on the monkey bars I'd be like Monkey bars And like Talk about monsters and stuff, yeah. and like so they become a game that other people would pretend to be monsters in the playground, and I would be Scooby, and I'd run around and go oh and just running around, and the other kids were monsters, and I would try to like solve them, I guess, and then I just like kept doing it, yeah, and this is like not exaggerated at all. I, I, the long and short of it is that I spoke like Scooby Doo for an entire year of my life, <laughs> for the entirety you of lost a year. I, and I'm not kidding. For the entirety of 2003, 
I spoke like Scooby-Doo at school, at home. And for anyone who thinks I exaggerate this story, Keenan Pakistani and one of my oldest and best friends, Dom, was over the other day and like a few of us were quizzing him on it. And he's known me, you know, for a very, very long time and throughout this period. And he's like, oh yeah, no, nah, it's not an exaggeration. We went on a family holiday. So not even at school, we went on a two week camping trip and I didn't break. I was Scooby the whole fucking time. And like just kept the voice true method acting and then it got so bad that the teacher in year two mrs moffat lovely lady she would like do the role and be like all right go, you know gathering kids aaron here oh yeah uh, melissa here henry henry scooby like and then that's how and, pe- and would people enjoy it I think the kids got around it. My, my big question, Henry, were they laughing at you or with you? Is it possible to be both? I don't know. Like, I, I, But if you had to pick one today. I actually, I do actually think it became with. Because at, the, at first when I was running around like eating dirt and like sniffing kids and stuff. Because like, that's, that's disgusting. Well, it got, yeah, it got so bad that like when I started taking on the physical traits of the dog, it got bad. Yeah. Like actually, like there was, I got injured from it because I was at home. And my dad had shaved like a few days beforehand and he had stubble. And I've like jumped on the couch and be like, Ruby's home. I hope there's no monsters. I've like licked my dad's face. Oh, God. And have gotten like pretty bad ulcers <laughs> on my tongue. And I had to go to the doctor and get antibiotics. And mum was like, yeah, Scooby injury. Cause he's like, and that didn't make you change your eyes. I couldn't. I was too deep, mate. I was like, I like earnestly thought I was Scooby Doo. So what? And then what like broke the addiction. Well, nothing. And then, well, the problem is I started getting enabled, and that sort of answers your question. They were laughing at me, but then the laughter. I think when it became with me, I didn't want to stop because it was a drug. Like yeah. I, my, and my parents were like, "We've taken this kid to like occupational therapists and like tried to teach him." Like I was like running it, like getting interviewed by like people. They were like, "Yeah, he just like." doesn't concentrate in class. He just won't learn to read or do maths. He can't write his name. He just like literally wants to be a dog detective. Like this is actually, so like they were just like asking about it. And did any and, like, psychologists- and, like, No, no, psychologists were stunned. They like didn't know what to do. Because there's a big thing in psychology of like sometimes if people have that psychosis of leaning into it and seeing if they can explore it. So did anyone create any dog mysteries for you to solve? The, yeah, were my you cousins, iced out? bro. No, my cousins oh, like nice, all then. the time. Like, my, And then like my mum for my birthday, you know, when kids bring cupcakes in, we brought Scooby snacks in. And I was like, this is my food. Like, she, it was actually quite sweet. She made a box oh. that was like, said Scooby snacks on it with like green paper mache nice. and then just bought what I assume is just like Tim Tams or some yeah. shit. But she, she enabled your addiction. Basically, yeah. And then there was another time my dad came in to give a presentation because dad's an obstetrician and then we were, you know, at year two, there was show and to- Show and tell your father's job. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. And he came in and was like, oh, you know, explaining a little bit where babies come from and all that sort of shit. And then I like sitting in the audience and they're like opening the floor up for questions. And I'm just roasting like this, this man, this, you know, respected, esteemed doctor is just getting like rinsed by his own son. I was like, have you ever delivered any monsters? And he's like, no, no, Scooby. I have, I've never had to deliver a monster um, naturally f- f- from a woman at the martyr. Um, and then I can like, imagine your dad just giving 
dead just, up serious just, hands just, and just trying to just trying to go through his fuck knuckle son this pretending to be Scooby Doo. Ten years of study and is now imparting his medical a knowledge. Highly his respected <laughs> practitioner in Queensland and his fucking dropkick son, his oldest and only son Scooby. His and actual that pride and joy. It's actually not possible for a woman to be impregnated by a vampire. <laughs> but Henry, so so what finally broke it? Because you don't talk like Scooby anymore, uh, which is a great relief for this podcast. You no, know, I was thinking about this when we were talking about this the other day. Like, I actually don't know. I feel like I just like maybe got into another character. Like, there was another stretch in like year six where I spoke like the Joker for a bit, but it was never as like constant. Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah Dark Knight had come out, and I was like oh, year six or seven. But that was like more just like oh, I do a good Joker. Impression. Yeah, I also think like, yeah, like Joker's. Joker and Bane were classic, like, oh, you just can do an impression of mm. this stuff, so it's quite fun. Whereas I wouldn't say it's... I don't hear many Scooby impressions, or at least I don't hear them without cringing a lot. I think I probably just, like, wanted to, like, be cool at some point. Like, I yeah. think maybe I got to year three and, like, it was a co-ed school, so maybe I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I don't think Taylor Reeves is that into the kids yeah. sniffing around, like, pretending he's a dog. You know what probably was <laughs> as much as... You literally grew up. <laughs> yeah. Like... You yeah, I don't think that's what mum said. She's like, all these like like special relief teachers who were like writing them letters, being like, you need to get your son looked at again. Like he's clearly thinks he's a dog, and like being like, this is fucked. He's got ulcers on his tongue. He's bleeding. He can't like he like and keeps licking his in the dad's yard. stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's like he's like asking his he goes, dad, hey, hey, what? <laughs> well, it's like you know, I thought I was a dog. It's disgusting. I don't think I ever actually. I did. I did. Piss, can't walk did, back now. Henry shit in the yard. I don't think I shat in the yard, but I pissed myself. And, I was like, oh, yeah. and then I got in trouble. Yeah, this actually. Didn't you piss yourself during Chamber of Secrets? Yeah, that and <laughs> was I, that and connected that was to ju- Scooby. Yeah, well, I think Chamber of Secrets came out when I was Scooby. Oh. Pretty sure Scooby. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was. And Scooby. maybe you started wanting to be Harry, and that got you out of it. Well, the timeline is Scooby Doo came out in 2002 when yep. I was in year one. So Plus then Stone I'd was seen it. Oh yeah. So I think Chamber of Secrets has come out in 2003, which is the year in which I spoke like Scooby Doo the whole time. So yeah, that lines up. So essentially, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I just like grew out of it or something like that. But yeah. well, yeah. Henry, I know a lot of your family and yeah. and a lot of your friends growing up listen to this show. And is yeah. there any final words you'd like to share with those who toughed out the era where you pretended to be a dog and sniffed other children? Yeah, which <laughs> is yeah. I mean, I was a kid as well. And should be, I mean, <laughs> weird theme of this <laughs> podcast <Once> again. <laughs> you're saying things <laughs> like I did them today. I was, you a, went I was to, a kid at the time. But correct me if I'm wrong. You went to a primary school and sniffed <laughs> other children while on force. Yeah, like, that's a factually yeah, true I guess, like, statement. That factually, is accurate. <laughs> yeah, checks out. I was a dog at the time. Like, but you're a human now. And is there anything you want to say? I guess just thanks for sticking by me. Thanks for patting me and and enduring me uh, throughout all of that. And um, I guess if that is what it takes to solve the mysteries of life, then sometimes you do need to take on that role. And um, I guess the only mystery that I hadn't solved that year was me. Yeah. Does Scooby-Doo fuck? Does Scooby-Doo fuck? Pretty simple from me, Henry. Uh, it's one of the most erotic children's films I've ever seen. <laughs> that movie, they went to Tangaloma for six weeks. Uh, you know, Keenan Pakistani's boss fucked. The movie absolutely fucked. The movie fucks. Daphne alone, Isla Fi- uh, Daphne and Isla Fisher as yeah. a duo make even, this Even movie Velma, fun. even Freddie Prince Jr. Like, really, outside of Shaggy and Scooby, everyone be fucking on Spooky but even, Island. even Shaggy's got that sexual aroma to him. Like, yeah. that kind of aroma. Hippie. 
you know, then he smells like oh, whatever. I imagine it. Well, the farting scene, maybe that was yeah, ugh, uh, you know the least erotic scene in cinema history. But but uh, so I think we were in agreement that the movie fucks. We we spent a bit of time on it. But do you think the character of Scooby Doo fucks as someone who was Scooby Doo for a year and certainly didn't while you were doing it, although you were sniffing? No, um, I, I would say that to break down Mystery Inc. You know, they're a they're a group, they're a company, I suppose, that solve mysteries. I guess that's their that's like their job, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Who pays Mystery Inc? Well, I think their high school is originally right. Yeah, so they're, they're doing it for the love of the game. In Coolsville. In my mind, they make money from like the mayor being like, "Thanks, here's." Oh, the you money. reckon they're public servants? Oh, I think they you are. The taxpayers are paying for Scooby. Yeah, uh, you know uh, what? You know what? I think source. their structure is. I think it's like Sherlock Holmes. Like they are brought in by oh, yeah, governmental right. authorities on certain things, but you know the police don't want to investigate. So Peter Dunn is having a situation where he can't handle a certain yeah. know, refugee situation yeah. or some spooky refugees of home at, affairs, yeah. and he feels like there's crimes bigger. He'll bring in Mystery Inc. to enforce. Absolutely, that, that that's the way I see it structured. They're probably APS two level public servants or yeah. something like that. Great. I wonder if like in the protests against police, Mystery Inc. get wrapped into like. Do you reckon they get hit back in terms of because they're kind is of it, crime is it all, solving all adjacent? A-M-I-A be all mystery and bastards. I don't know. Mm. No, I think because they don't really make arrests. No, <laughs> they just catch people in compromising. Well, they kind of do at the end when that like yeah, especially because the as we said the opening scene is filmed at tennis. Well, the opening scene is filmed where Tennyson used to be. No, it still is. Well, it still is. is. It's a where the tennis centre currently is, but there yeah. were these big these old abandoned warehouses that they knocked over now to build the Pat Rafter Arena and so on. But yeah, I think. Oh, they were that ghost that they catch at the beginning there yeah. They and they pull his mask off. I feel like... No, they hand him over to the police. They hand him over. They yeah, don't really right. make arrests. They're like vigilantes, but... Do they have an ABN? I don't think so. I, I don't think they pay tax. I think they're going to be found out for a lack of GST and yeah. uh, arrested soon. But uh, for me, they all fuck. Fred I think fucks. They're young. Daphne fucks. Velma does not fuck. Shaggy, for me, fucks. Scott... I don't think Scooby fucks. Scrappy doesn't fuck. Scrappy definitely. Idiot. Scrappy tries way too hard to fuck. I think Scooby's just a bit above it. I, I think Scooby's asexual. Yeah. He's too focused Canonically on food. Canonically asexual. Food and his friendship with Shaggy, which is very sweet. And which is totally platonic. I don't yeah. think, I never, I don't want anyone to imply any of this like Shaggy, Scooby. Yeah, I don't need a bestiality subplot a bestiality in my subplot. Scooby films. I'm sure it's on the internet. If that's oh, what yeah. you want, you can go find it, but we're not going to go there because this is the footy show. And I would say, yeah, I think... Yeah, that's it. I think yeah. I, don't, I don't think he fucks. Agreed. Well, it's a city on a river, and don't you ever forget it, kid. Well, thank you very much for tuning in, everyone, with the Scooby-Doo special. We'll be back to usual programming with a suburb soon enough, which will be our finale, Henry, for yes. season two. Joe has endured that. I've got to say, big thanks to Joey Dwyer for right, sitting mate. through uh, the most personal issue that I've had to do on this podcast. Mm. I feel good. I feel clean. I feel, be... I feel lighter. It's I'll need to shoulders. find a personal issue for Inspector Gadget too, because that was a mm. wonderfully compelling interview, Henry, and I couldn't be prouder. Thanks, mate. Um, so I would say, because Joe agreed to do it, uh, we can take our two-week hiatus. Yeah. Unburdened. I think we might go to Tangaluma. We could go, to we celebrate. Go to, we could go to Spooky Buller Island. Guys. Let's Buller. go to Spooky Island. Buller guys, welcome to Spooky. <laughs> and you could dress up as an old woman so we get you on the plane. 100% because I'm not legally allowed to fly. Worked for a Marmaduke in yeah. a scene we didn't discuss in full, but just fucked that, uh, you know, as I said, it was pre-9-11, but they just dressed a They're dog letting, up as an old woman yeah. and got him on a plane. Letting anyone on planes at that point, and that's kind of sweet. It was nice. Filming ended in June 2001, so they had like mm. a two-month grace period before 9-11. They would have been deep in the editing when 9-11. Yeah. They'd have just been like, 
All right, 8.30am. All righty. Pretty, pretty, pretty Cup of day. coffee, let's do it. We've got a knock over the scene where uh, <laughs> Scooby and Shaggy fart in the ride. And what's this on the news? Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, heck. I wonder whether there was probably more plane scenes that got cut because they were like, yeah, we're not going to do Scooby accidentally hijacks uh, United 93. Yeah, I think Osama spook larded the <laughs> secondary villain they had. Osama to been scaring. Osama <laughs> been wooing. Yeah, so they, uh, but yeah, We'll do our season two finale. Uh, and Henry, season two has taken us from the absolute height of lockdown, where you could have one friend over to record a podcast, to, to Victoria's now, absolute height of uh, lockdown. Victoria's fuck up, but Queensland facing down the barrel of a second wave. So mm. who knows what things will look like when we come back. But I'm very excited for this finale, Henry. It's a suburb that is very special to both our hearts. Yes, we are going to be doing for our final suburb of this season, St. Lucia. University of Queensland, if you've got any stories, any thoughts, I want to hear all about your St. Lucia takes. Young and old, it's been iconic for a long, long time. Yeah, we're very keen to do it. Um, So get involved, message us. If you're one of the people who made it to the end of the Scooby-Doo episode, yeah. you absolutely deserve to have first say on St. Lucia. So we'll we will you... repeat any great anecdotes you have about a toot where you got a five. Fine. Very funny. Fantastic. So guys, uh, yeah, tune in for that. We'll be doing it Friday, final episode. Uh, keep out for details on the upcoming live show. We'll get that out soon. Very exciting. And uh, yeah, guys. And remember, stay... tickets go fast to our live show. It's faster than Splendor. So yes. keep your eyes bloody well peeled. Stay on it. And uh, for those of you around the country, stay safe and make like the villains of Scooby-Doo and wear a mask.